0: If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. That lead
1: guitar is hot, but not for Louisiana man. So raws enough that both of faded love and let's all dance. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the
2: band. <laughs> Jones and that one in the air. It's intercepted by Adam, and this might be a pick six
1: yard line. Najee Harris saved a touchdown.
2: So they set up shot to the Alabama red out at the 17-yard line. Empty backfield. Kellen looks right. Out, goes over the middle. Touchdown
1: Aggies. Oh, nice result. What a great design play. Ryan Renick, the tight end for the touchdown. That's all if you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in.
0: All right, guys, it's James back with another Monday edition of Breaking Down the AM Game from the weekend before. I'm joined with String and Woody and Jorafiel will be on shortly, and we're going to talk about all that was the Texas a first Bama game, our reactions, and how we feel going forward for the season. And I guess with that, I'll kick it straight over to String for his um, immediate thoughts on the
1: game, the program, and I guess Florida coming up, too. Sure. Um, you know, it was a frustrating game. Like, I think Bama, like, this sounds really dumb to say, but it's almost as if we can find a way to compete with every other team in the league except for Bama. And it doesn't, like, it, for some reason, everything that we do, it doesn't work. We can try. We won time of possession. You know, if you before the game started, if you had said that we were going to win time of possession, we were going to have Kellen throw for 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. You know, you would think that we'd have a pretty good chance, but this just happened to be the game that our secondary just had issues. And and you got Jalen Waddle and somebody named John Mitchie like just running wild through our secondary. And there's nothing, there's nothing anybody can do about that. If if you give up however many 50 some odd points to Bama, you're going to lose. That's just not, you know, just the way that it's going to be. And I think, you know, Kellen played, the best game Kellen is possible to play. Like, I think he played as well as he possibly could. You know, there's still lots of conversations about whether we need to start a new quarterback and all that other stuff. And I get that. And people have seen what Kellen can do within the context of this offense. I completely, I, I completely understand if people are tired of that and want to change. I completely get that. But I think he played as good of a game as he could possibly play. The picks was awful. It was a bad read off the back of his foot that is part of the Kellen Mond experience though, you know, but, you know, we start off the, we started off and we had a couple of back shoulder throws to Preston. And I think we had one other that were catchable balls that were not caught. And that could have possibly given us some extra points. We had you know, the missed field goal to start, which was an issue. You know, we had uh, the missed third down grab by an ice but I mean, I'm not going to give an ice any crap though. Dude, played his ass off like six grabs for 130 some odd yards against Alabama as the true sophomore. Like he, yeah, you know, he deserves a drop ball every once in a while. It's fine. Um So, you know, I think, I think it is, uh, I don't know. Like the, the offense was just, it was just a, it was, it was a, it was not a good day. It was not a great day. It was a day for the office. They played well enough, I guess, you know, the defense I really have no idea what the hell happened. I don't know if our, if our safeties were biting on play action, but man, tell you what, Mac Jones turned him into a Heisman candidate right there, man. Like he is 435 yards. I want to say that he was at like 70 some odd percent passing for the day. Like they didn't even have to run the ball. They, they, I think they maybe had like 150 yards rushing, something like that, but like they just tore it up. And I mean, I think that like one of the things that like I walked away from that game is is our offensive scheme archaic whenever Jim, whenever Nick Saban is kicking your ass by throwing for 430 yards and running for a hundred, you know, and we're trying to, I think that in an ideal situation we're balance 200 200, 200 or something like that, but Nick Saban's like, screw it. We'll chuck the ball. It doesn't really matter. You know, let's go figure it out. So I, I don't, man, I I don't really know what to say about our defense. I'm just hoping that that was playing against legit top five NFL picks right now, and that's all you can do. Um, I like where I like how we match. You know, it's it's weird as hell. We were lost by 28 to Alabama, but we're only five and a half point dogs to Florida, which demonstrates a level of respect for our program, but also a level of like respect for who Alabama is. Um, I mean, I think we match up well against Florida. That's the that's the scary part of it. You know, I think that. If Kellen plays the way that he played this weekend against Florida, we're going to be in that game. You know, no doubt about that in my mind, you know. Um, It's what's really curious to me is that, like, we cannot win unless one of our running backs gets over 100 yards. I went back and looked at the stats, and we've only won one game where our running backs rushed for less than 100 yards, and that was Arkansas in 2019. And I think this game, you know, our leading rusher was Haynes King at 43 yards. You can't, like, the child, like, I, I hear the criticisms of Kellen, and I understand them, and I see them, and I God, I wish he was better. I wish, like, he could be better. That way all of us could love him, and we could all love J. Cole, just like Johnny loved Drake, you know, we could, and that becomes a J. Cole school, and, like, everybody loves everything. I wish that were the truth, but it's not the truth. He is who he is. You know, I love the kid, but he is who he is. But the truth of the matter is, is that I don't think a Jimbo Fisher offense – especially when it comes to ball control, controlling clock, time of possession, all that other stuff can function unless you have a running back who is able to get a hundred yards a game, you know, and then the question comes about, well, if they don't respect the pass, how can they, if they don't respect the downfield passing threat, then how are we going to be able to run the ball? And that's totally fair. But to me, that's why you pay this dude $75 million to figure that stuff out. Yep. You know, find a way to find a way to get it done. You know, just, just, just find it. If, 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 Find a way to get it done. And so, I mean, it basically bottom line, if, if against Florida this week, if we are able to rush for 100 yards, if we if we have a running back go over 100 yards rushing, we'll win. I feel confident about that. If we can't, we'll lose. I mean, that's basically what we can talk about. You know, win the turnover margin. You know, Kellen plays a clean clean enough game. You know, win that turnover margin. If we have a running back go over 100 yards, we'll win the game. That's what it basically comes down to, and that's how Jimbo's offense is going to work.
0: Yeah, I think the, the, the talent gap is still – I mean, it's still there. You're never going to be on the level of Bama. No one is except Clemson um, yeah. and Ohio State. Like, no, you're not going to be on that level. You have to play a almost mistake-free game, and we weren't yep. even close to that. Nope. You know, we had the, the bad pick, um, mm-hmm. the drop balls, the, the wide receivers not making plays. We talked about it last week that they had to make plays, and none of them made plays
1: really. Yep and then you know it was funny I'm sorry to interrupt like but to your point about the wide receivers uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this last week but Bud Elliott from SB Nation did a podcast and basically what he talked about was that it's never it's not Bama's kryptonite has nothing to do with mobile quarterbacks it has nothing to do with big arm quarterbacks it has everything to do with wide receivers who can get separation That's yep. if you have wide receivers who can get separation you're going to win and you think back on 2012 we had Ryan Swope we had Mike Evans we had a decent slate of I mean I'm pretty sure Malcolm Kennedy caught a long ball for a touchdown in that game you know if you don't have that you're not gonna beat Bama and we right now it's frustrating because I feel like on paper the talent level is there production wise our wide receivers aren't there yet and I, I mean honestly and I don't think that they would have been there had Davis, Rogers, and osmond come back either. No, they're just not. They're not. They show that they time. can't do it. Yeah, I,
0: I think the. Oh, um, I was gonna say is one thing we did learn is that Mac Jones, he can throw the deep ball. We he learned that. that I, he, I think he missed one deep ball out of the five he hit, five or six he hit. I mean, and Gosh. nobody in college hits those even when they're wide open. That's something um, yep. that we I didn't expect from Mac Jones coming in the year, and he showed he's got it, and that makes Alabama dangerous as hell when you have Jalen Waddell on the perimeter. I mean, Miles Jones Jones showed that he's still the same thing. He still isn't fast enough. I I mean, Damani Richardson bit on one on the Jalen Waddell touchdown, bit when he shouldn't have, and that led to a touchdown. Jalen Jones Jones tripped and fell or whatever and led to a touchdown. And Miles Jones just isn't fast enough. He can't cover um, the speedy receivers, and it's going to be a problem all year.
1: You know, and and this is like, I mean, I think that in some sense, like that conversation about Miles Jones, like uh, in a lot of ways, I feel like it's kind of the same conversation about Kellen too. If there's somebody better than play them, if Mm -hmm. there's not somebody better, why isn't there somebody better? You know, granted, you know, we can look, I've been, I reflected a ton on Rick Green this past weekend. I was deep in my feelings y'all, but (laughs) you know, I think back like 2018 was a, Washed, you fine. You know yep. that, that's perfectly okay. You came in late, and you know, basically, almost that entire class. It, it, there's very there. There's some producers, but it, that was a difficult class. Um, you know, but we're at. We've had 2019. We've had 2020. We have two classes that were highly ranked. While I recognize it is completely and utterly unfair for me to say, well, now your issues are your issues, because it should three to four years to build a team to a decent talent level to where when you want to. Compete with those programs, you can. But the question becomes like, okay, well, you got to, if you got somebody who's performing poorly, I'm not even talking about creating stars. I'm talking about creating somebody who's performing poorly. You should have somebody who is capable of not performing poorly. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so that, like that. i i I walked away i mean again i don't want to get too deep into my feelings about an ass kicking from bama because then damn near every program in the country needs to go through that same reflection process but like we got we definitely it definitely brought up some questions and honestly if we beat florida then i'm not going to bring up any of these questions and i'm going to be thumping my chest all over again and saying you know praise jimbo but it definitely brought up some questions man like we and, you know, it could be worse. We could be UT right now. Or it could be OU, but, like, you know. Like... <laughs> I just feel like DB
2: is becoming the new linebacker, right? A couple years ago, it was a whole, you know, who the hell are we going to put at linebacker? There's got to be somebody better on the field. Yep. We're under year four of the Miles Jones experiment. Yeah, And nothing's going to change.
1: Well, in that DB thing, it's, you know, that thing started – back in 2013 when you miss on targets you miss on top priority targets and you need to have bodies so you take bodies which in turn turns off the next year's group because they don't they see a depth chart full of folks and they don't want to go to that school but then those people who you recruited that aren't really that great they end up transferring because they're not getting playing time so then you have a lack of people you can't <laughs> hit on your top targets you know and in some sense that's where we are to an extent right now with running back too you know yep. we 28, 2019, we hit on Spiller. You know, we missed on a lot of targets in 2020, took a bunch of backs, and then the depth chart's not friendly for 20, a you know. A bunch
2: of guys. Yeah. Just just guys.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that that's the, the boomer bust, and that's like that, – like, that's the part of recruiting that I love. I like, the, I like this pipeline. I like looking at the depth chart. I like thinking about, like, how do you build the team with depth And right now, that's an issue. And the same thing, like, with the conversations about Kellen, I understand it. I 100% get it. It is strange to me that our two options right now are two viable options. And maybe Calzada, maybe he's got something. You know, today there was an odd comment that Jimbo made that, you know, he, Calzada and King are neck and neck right now, which, side note, we're not going to see a new quarterback moving forward if they're neck and neck. Like, no, it's just not going to happen. But it seems like our inability to develop a true number two is an issue. You know, and the fact that right now it's either fourth year senior starter who's been there since Kevin Sumlin or true freshman who showed up in January. That's that 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 there's some roster management issue there, you
2: know, like Yeah, absolutely. And a part of that again is the twenty eighteen class, right? We you mentioned it, like that was tough for Jimbo to come in. Sure you know the first year of the early signing period too sure and that, i think that's where you're seeing a ton of the depth issues right now is that 2018 class was a bust if let's call it what yep. it was that 2018 yep. class was a bust um and jimbo is really just throw i think he was just throwing numbers at problems instead right. of you know going out and getting his guys but at some point you've got to replenish that depth and you got yep. to keep people but, here
1: and you know it, in the same way that I just, you know, shout on Tom Herman, I'll say some good things about him too. Like to his credit, they picked up that graduate transfer from Rice a couple of years ago. They picked up that running back when they had a hole at running back. They picked up that running back from Cal and they yep. just got those two wide receivers I think one from Michigan, one from Oregon, you know, like they, they have used the transfer portal and graduate transfers very strategically. Whereas we have not. You we know? haven't and picked up a single a s- transfer. You know, and that's going to come back and bite us in the ass next year because I genuinely don't know who's going to play tackle for us.
2: <laughs> I I don't know what that looks. They don't like, either. You know? There's there's no and way Hank, they know either right now.
1: You know, and so I think that like there's you know I'm looking back on that 2018 class right now, and I think didn't I think Colton Blanton retired, didn't he?
2: I think he is a retired er, – Yeah, he's Hank's either gone, retired or he's a retirement candidate because of and all then the
1: issues. Hank Jenkins, I think Transfer. transferred. I'm looking just looking at offensive linemen right now. Luke Matthews, Matthews still shows yep. promise. Barton Clements transferred. Yep. Um, let's see. Who else? You know, Was in, Layden Robinson in that class? Layden Robinson. Um, let me see. No, was, I think he was 2019. He was 2019. And yeah. so, like, it's just – like, that's what concerns me. And I think, like, what – you know, it, just the roster management part of it, you, it, a Jimbo team needs elite play from quarterbacks – needs elite play from tight ends, needs elite play from running backs. If you need elite play from those three positions, you need to recruit elite players every single year at those positions. And, and if, you're a, not do, if you're not doing that, you know? And,
2: and some of that is the, the culture of success at those positions, right? So if you go to LSU and you don't start as a five-star wide receiver freshman, it's okay Yep. I'm going to get mine next year kind of thing, right? Like, you look yep. at what Terrace Marshall's doing this year. He's lighting the world on fire. I yep. know you remember him from recruiting. Oh, yeah. He he didn't play at all his freshman year, you know? Yep. And I don't think we have the luxury to do that with our star players. Yeah. One, because we need them on the field, or our star recruits. One, because we need them on the field. And two, you can't afford to let them leave. You can't let them afford to let them transfer. Yep. And we yep. don't have that culture of success yet at those right. positions
1: you know and that 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 brings up the million dollar question about where's demas
0: and you see
1: him tweeting about wanting
0: to play and footwork queen tweeting about it's coming and stay patient all this stuff like it if we had we're getting elite receiver production right now there would be no talk he wouldn't be saying anything there would be no tweeting it would be all you know i'll get my chance whenever these guys are gone or you know if injury or something but instead, he's watching these guys like Chase Lane go out there that can't make plays on the ball, and he's thinking, give me a chance. And I don't know why we're not, but that doesn't matter. The fact is he's the best receiver we have on the roster, and he's not playing. He's the most talented receiver we have on the roster. I don't, like, just...
2: I don't like talking shit about a and players because they're obviously there for a reason, and they're in the positions for a reason. But I cannot fathom why Chase Lane is leading this team in targets. It makes – no sense. He's shown no ability to get separation. He's not a big guy. He has several drops this year. He showed no ability to adjust on a ball on a back shoulder throw in the first on the first drive.
1: I think a lot of that is a lot of that is um, um, Mon needs a comfort blanket. And I think that Chase Lane is clearly his guy. Like I think that he did that. And I don't necessarily even know that it's Chase Lane specifically, I think you know what I've come to realize is Mond is, Mond is a be- between the hash kind of quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be great on on, on the sidelines. He's not going to be great on either sideline. He's not going to be great going downfield, which is why who is he going to throw the ball well to? He's going to throw the ball well to a tight end. You know, he's gonna he's gonna because that's a between the hash kind of thing. Yep. And right now, based on I don't again, there's probably football people who are like oh you're such an idiot but like to me chase lane runs those jamon Osman go seven yards go to the middle of the field and make a catch you know and so i think that like that that's part of the reason there and I, and and i don't know about why we why or how we do position or or or, or why or how we put court- wide receivers in specific positions to do what they do but it reminds me a lot of shoot I don't maybe y'all are too young for this that depresses me but like it, like it reminds me a lot of Jeff Fuller oh Back yeah when, oh yeah okay good just making sure like it reminds me a lot of Jeff Fuller whenever he the comeback route that's what yeah. he did that that was and his he role and function he was very good at it but sometimes you're like man we had good quarterbacks I'd love to see us try to hit him in stride and just to see what happens you know like let's let's find a way to get a matchup issue there you know Mm -hmm. and uh, I mean I I I don't know I I appreciate so you know I appreciate Chase Lane because Chase Lane was you know everybody thought we took him just because he was boys with Grant Gannell right and I remember he went to that trip that they took to LSU he stayed in the car because he didn't want to get out (laughs) and lose his spot to A&M like I appreciate that loyalty you know and I get first year starter all that other stuff I just I just gotta man, I, I I that's why I have a difficult time really nailing it down to individual performance when I feel like there's a lot of scheme stuff going on. Yeah, and, yeah, and well, the, I agree.
0: The I damning did. thing the damning thing for me was the Haynes King interception where Chase Lane showed zero effort to get hey. the ball. I mean, you can't you can't play the wide receiver position, get a end zone target and not even give an effort at the ball. Yeah. And Haynes Can
2: King maybe should have thrown it? the ball, but you talked about it last week. A receiver that's going to go get it, right? Yeah. Those dogs. To go get her.
1: And, and, you know, and, like, that's the thing. Like, with, you know, like, Aniah Smith is a dog. If you are a dog, you're allowed to have a drop. Yep. You know, it was a bad drop. A poorly – it was – it It sucks. But you know what? You were going to go and make up for it. Like, you yep. have You have gotten that benefit of the doubt, you know. And, you know, going – we're talking about King. Like, I still – think that right now within the context of this offense kellen gives us the best chance to win agreed but the other part of it too is that like part of me want i've always wondered like i remember watching Jameis back in the day and i think this is part of just jimbo who he is because he has this look on his face every time anybody walks off the field but i remember he used to walk off the field bitching like hell at Jameis even after a good play and so I wonder how much, with a very rigid offense that Jimbo runs, how much dynamic tension there needs to be between the offense and the quarterback, that the quarterback's like, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to do this if it's there. You but know what fuck I'm saying? you,
2: because exactly, I make and, the plays.
1: And Kellen, to Kellen, for whatever it's worth, I believe that Kellen is a soldier, and I believe he's a yes man, and he's going to run the offense in the best way that he sees fit, which is part of why I think that. You know, there was a different energy when Haynes King came on the field, not because he's that much better, because he is young and he is a one read and go kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. He is going to look to his right. If the guy's not open, he's going to tuck in and take off, you know. And so to me, part like there's there's I'm trying to be objective about it, despite, you know, like Love and Kellen, like part of me is like, you know, maybe maybe there's value in that. Maybe there's value in in, in, in that being there and simplifying but, it. And simplifying and not even like and basically forcing Jimbo's hand to simplify it by saying, well, the offense is going to stay the same, but I'm going to play it in a more simple manner, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, the other part, too, is he's still he's still a true freshman that, you know, one of the things that frustrates the hell out of me on tech sags and maybe it's true or not. I don't know. But, you know, they always talk about how Kellen gets his yards in garbage time i'm sure you've seen that argument before and that bothers me because i'm like it doesn't matter but it just fascinates me that, like well kellen gets his yards and garbage time but holy hell did you see what haynes king did with that drive and it's like right it what is that they didn't just put the starters back in for that drive (laughs) just because they're like oh crap it's a freshman from longview like we need to go stop him i know like they were playing their starters the entire time but you know I, i like to me, if you put in Haines King, you're absolutely playing for 2021. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you continue with Kellen and continue with the known quantity, you are saying, we still believe in the team as a whole and go forward from there. And I, well, I mean, the, I'd I would do not know, man.
0: The, the Tex-Ax thing, I had a guy tell me this weekend that he doesn't care if Kellen have led us to a national championship, he still would have hated the dude. And that's, no, I feel like a lot of people have that mentality and that's just, yeah. I was like, I don't care if the dude had punched me in the face one night on Northgate. If he brought a national championship to AM, yeah. I would love to do I'd put a damn poster in my room.
1: Yep. Well, and that's the fascinating thing too, is that like I used to always think that before Johnny, before, you know, back in the days of Fran and all that stuff, I used to think to myself, when, with you know, John David Crow, whenever he won the Heisman, he went on to be the athletic director. He was a, a staple around the athletic facilities. I worked for the 12th Man Foundation as a telemarketer when I was in college. <laughs> used to see John David Crow around all the time, right? And, like, I always used to think the next guy who wins the Heisman, no matter what he does, he's going to be a god in Aguiland. And you still saw, like, after Johnny, like, fell Oh, while, he was. You know, like, he, he was a god in Aguiland, But after he fell off for a while, like, you see, you see people like talking crap about him, and that just fascinates me. Like we're so hungry for success, but we want to put success into a very small box.
2: Right? You know what I'm saying? We like, only want, we only want the this specific person to be yeah, successful. And, and,
1: and... You know, and it's it's fascinating to me too. I was in a, a again a stupid argument on text ag about somebody calling. Somebody said that we that quarterbacks back in the day wouldn't have done what Kellen Mond wouldn't have that. The, the leadership, all the, all this non-quantifiable, intangible nonsense, right? <laughs> and they're like, you know, guys like Stephen McGee and Ryan Tannehill and blah, blah. I'm like, hold on a second. Like, I remember Ryan Tannehill. I remember people complaining about Ryan Tannehill's, like, not fiery persona. That's just not who he is. And he's still not that person in the NFL. Like, he's a pretty quiet, unassuming guy, you know? But somehow that is not okay for kellen to be and it's just another thing that they can pick at you know like i get that he's not what we want him to be as quarterback i get i do believe he's trying the best that he can and i get that he is not as good as we need him to be for the purpose of this offense of this team i get that but it's just like you know and and especially within the context of this game like when we played alabama in 2012 we won 29 to 24 29 points 29 points we let we held them so they didn't i don't think they had a running back that went over 100 yards no maybe they did maybe they had 150 yards total for the game like
2: and that was a different alabama team it for was good, sure. yeah, that was the 100%. days of nick saban ground absolutely and, pound.
1: and they, they, that's what turned it on a dime but at the same time but you can't win a game if you're giving up four wide open busted can't plays. do it like, you can't. Like, it's just – like, it, I don't care who you put a quarterback. Like, it's just lipstick on a pig at that point.
0: Right, and that, that goes to the mistakes I was talking about. Like, if you just – all you do is keep them in front of you. I don't care if they got that 30-yard game. You know, give us a chance to bend and not break in the red zone because the run defense was there. That was yeah. – you know, if I had to go the bright spot from the game, it's that they – Alabama averaged 3.9 yards a carry. Yeah. And most – half of those came in garbage time yeah. when they put their backup in. Well, Nashi, you know – Najee was 12 for
1: 43. Yeah, You know, and, and going back to that 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 notion of scheme and recruiting and stuff like that, I remember back in 2015, you know, the two corners we had were Devontae Harris, who I was – I mean, same way that I'm a fan of Kellen and get, get crapped on for that. I'm a, I am was a fan of Devontae Harris. I love the guy. And then you had Brandon Williams on the other side. Two guys who spent a decent amount of time in the pros. I think Brandon Williams still there, right? DeShazer Everett
0: still there. DeShazer yeah, yeah, Everett is you know, falling out. You know, I think he's we, a captain.
1: Yeah, yep, he's doing for right. 15. But, like, in 2015 for those two corners – we led the SEC in pass defense. And it was them too. but it was also you had Miles Garrett and Deshaun Hall coming off the edge, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, again, like, that issue, it comes back to recruiting. We're still, we've are still we still got Michael Clemens out there. You know, Michael Clemens is 2017, class of 2017 maybe, or he was brought in in 2017 as a JUCO. Like, he was a yep. Sumlin recruit, you know? Why is it that we have not been able to – get and develop an edge rusher in three years, you know, like we had Kingsley Kiki that first year who slimmed down and he came off the edge and it was just different, you know, like it was just, it was, he was basically playing that DeMarvin DeMarvin Leal role where you could come off the edge and, you know, with brute force, you know, we didn't have that last year. We don't have that this year. Like it's just, can you reasonably expect your corners to hold up against a team like Alabama? when you don't have an edge rusher, you know, like y- you just can't.
2: No, I mean, I completely agree. I will say I thought obviously outside of the edge rushing, but both line, the line play on the yeah. offensive side and the defensive side really impressed me. Yeah. That was the best performance I, we've yep. had against Alabama from a line perspective since 2012.
1: Yep. and yeah, That's super exciting. I was really, really excited about the, Josh Henson hire like I was yeah. you know, I've always I've, he's, I don't know a ton about football or a ton about like offensive line play but I always just he had a great reputation and he was always just one of those guys who could recruit his ass off and coach his ass off too and he was always kind of one of those people that was on my coveted coaches list and whenever we hired him I'm like oh this is great and last year the growing pains I'm like ah well shit was I wrong about that it's <laughs> it is really really exciting to see him come into his own and, and you know and I get that he needs time to come in and develop relationships and we've got a good offensive line class coming in next year, but it's that same thing. We're then going to be in year four and it, there's a good chance that fathery Zune, somebody, you know, the kid from Colorado, I think too, or I, I can't remember. Yeah, Zune Zunes there's the another guy from Wyckoff. Yeah, Wyckoff. yeah. There is a good chance that one of those three is going to be starting at one of the tackle positions. And that's year four. And we're going to have, and it's not, and, and those guys are really talented, but they're not Jake Matthews. They're not Luke Jokel. You know, they're not five star, can't miss. You better play them right away because they're three years guys. You know, it's these little, it's these little like pipeline issues
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I'm probably only fixating on because we got our ass kicked this weekend. And again, like we're going to, if we beat Florida, I'm going to be like, oh, everything's going to be fine. We're going to win 40 games next year. Like, but it's that like, it's those little pipeline issues that kind of just that give me pause. Because when you
2: face a team like Alabama, the one small hole on your team is amplified to the t- degree, right? Right. So, yeah. like, and go, going yeah. back to the DBs, the biggest difference in this game from a talent perspective was wide receiver play and cornerback play, obviously. Yep. That was so yep. clear. And we just don't have the guys yet. And that just is what it
1: is. And in the, then the question, that I guess, specifically for Bama, because, again, like I said, I think we have a chance of beating Florida, specifically for Bama. This is now you know, 2017 in someone's last year. We lost to Bama by, like, eight or something like that. I mean, the game was relatively over, but we lost. You know, we, we lost that game. We've now had multiple touchdown losses to Bama over the past three years, which is fine, whatever, you know, we're building – do we feel reasonably confident that we're making steps in the right direction to get there? Like, I'm not a believer that you're going to beat Bama overnight. We're not even going to be LSU overnight. What we need to do is we need to focus on beating Auburn on a regular basis, get that spot set. Like I remember Mac Brown back in the day, whenever he was competing for national championships, one of the things that he said was you don't just go buy a house in the national championship neighborhood. You go and circle the block a couple of times and then you go rent a house and then eventually you build a house and you're in that neighborhood forever, you know, and it's the same thing. Like we're not going to, it's not a matter of beating LSU and Alabama on a year by year basis. We need to beat Auburn and try to pick one off of those two every couple of years. But I guess the question that comes to my mind is, are we any closer to beating Alabama given where we are now and given our, where we are going to be next year. And I don't know the answer to that question, barring a significant change in s- offensive scheme.
0: So I, I would say yes, because of how Woody pointed out that the, the, we haven't, Played this well in the trenches against Alabama since sure. I can remember, and so that's that was always the huge deal with Alabama when we play them is our D line would get just run Small. through by their their running offense. We couldn't protect the quarterback, so now we're doing those things. The receiver, I mean, receiver might be one of the positions where you can you go get a stud. I mean, he can play year one, year two, and, and ball out. We saw it. Well, I don't know. Yeah, what I think that might know. be. A, I think <laughs> that might be. A, uh, doesn't know the playbook deal, but yeah, I mean, that yeah, problem can be I fixed don't. quick. The cornerback the position, um, I, it was almost like we wanted – we just left him in one-on-one a whole bunch, both of them, and said,
1: Good let's luck. see what
0: we have, and yep. it didn't work. Um,
1: it, it, when but we've never so had
0: oh, – I mean, we haven't had quarterbacks since since 2013 anyway, so
1: but that's we're still so closer.
0: Str- it just might not be as close as we wanted to.
1: You know, that's was so strange about this game because last year with the 2 led offense – you know, Elko was able to scheme up an interception. You know, I, I know y'all saw that video of how he had Damani oh, drop. Yeah. He, he, he schemed up an interception. Like he knew that was going to happen. And in the interviews afterwards, Damani was like, oh yeah, we've been practicing that all week. That was going to happen. Like, that's what I don't, are they like, and we didn't lose a ton from last year in the back end. Like, are they like, why couldn't, why, why were we so bad when I, that's not, that's not the that you know that that's not that's not him you know that well, that's not that was a weird game you know it's almost like everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong but that's a weird game and, so, and there weren't any no adjustments. adjustments yeah no yeah, adjustments
0: yeah. were made the, the whole game we just kept letting machete or whatever the hell his name is and and, Jalen, and waddle just run right through us all game just kept letting it happen
2: yeah and that was a weird part
1: yeah I gotta get up pretty soon you don't want to talk florida
0: Yeah, Yeah, let's let's go into Florida. Let's get a little preview. What you got? A prediction and uh, keys to the game.
1: I mean, keys to the game. Clean game. It's going to be a control the clock. We're going to do everything that Jimbo wants to do, and that's what we're going to do. You know, if if we play a clean game, win the win the turnovers, uh, win the turnover battle. If we can get a running back going, if Anaya Smith does Anaya Smith things, like I see no reason why we cannot win this game i don't think that the talent gap is so wide and i think that's the thing with the jimbo fisher team If that we're going to lose the team we are going to lose to teams that are more talented than us we are going to beat teams that we have more talent than and any team that has about the same talent we're going to play them you know pretty closely and i would say that florida we probably have the same amount of talent as florida does um i mean i think we can win you know i i think it's just if if uh, we play a clean game and we get that running game going i think that we I, I see no reason why we can't win. Yeah. I, th- I, I don't have they, a prediction. I just think that's – I, I see no reason why we can't <laughs> I win. Do, you know? I, I don't, I don't want to predict the game because I don't want to – Oh, gosh. No, you don't want to be the one to jinx
0: it. I don't want to bet for or against us in this one.
1: All right. Wait, oh, what you no. got? I
2: I think, again, it's going to come down to the running game. We haven't really – the biggest problem I've seen in the last two years is when we play a high-level team. We can't get the run game going, mm-hmm. and when you can't get the run game going, like String said, we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that progression and that development to actually be able to run the ball effectively. I'm not yeah. asking for five and a half yards of carry. I'm asking for four yards of carry against a top notch team because we yeah. beat up on the run game on all these lower level opponents, but we've never really been able to run the ball efficiently and effectively.
1: And, and against- then, like I try. Tried- I second guess myself. I'm like, is that on Kellen? You know, if he could stretch the ball downfield, would that be there? But then I'm like, you know, I look at the I look at the averages, in some of these games we've got our running backs going 11 carries for 22 yards, or you know, nine carries for for 18. Years. Like we're getting two yards a carry either yeah, way.
2: That's not on Kellen.
1: So, yeah,
2: and and I don't know if it's the fact that Spiller's not a make you guy miss make a guy miss in the backfield guy because that's not who he is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the problem, and we, you know, struggle on run on the run protection. I don't know what the issue is. I just know it's an issue. Yep, I agree. So that's what I really want to see. I want to see us be able to run the ball effectively against a top-notch team.
0: Yep. And I think the good news for us is Florida's defense is not very good. And it's not a very good – it's not the traditional no. Florida defense. Um, But the problem is – Kyle Trask looks for real as the dude, which why my key is, it's got to be Mike Oko in the defensive scheme. You can't put your corners in positions to get beat up again. You got to help them out. You got to do, you got to do something. You you can't just keep hitting your head against the same wall and wondering why it's still there. You got, you got to do something different and just contain Kyle Trask, contain him. And I don't, the running game, You know, Florida's given up a 100-yard rusher last week, and they gave up 170 yards to Ole Miss rushing. So you can run on them, but also, like, Kellen Mond's going to have to play well. Yep. Because you're going to have to score with Florida.
1: We can't
2: get into a barn burner. We can't get into a barn burner burner against Florida.
1: You know, and Kellen doesn't – this doesn't have to be a Kellen chuck the ball 50 times a game or run the ball 90 times a game. Kellen has to be efficient. If he – honestly, if he plays the game that he played against Alabama and can make those throws – I think we will be just fine. We will be okay if he can do that and get the running game going. Then I I don't think that I think um you know wh- the 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 Kyle Pitts is going to kick our ass, but like you know if we can <laughs> scheme around that. I don't think they have a waddle. I don't think they have a meat. I don't I don't think they have that. You know, um, if Kellen can play a clean, efficient game and we can get the running game going, I see no reason why we shouldn't be able to win this game. Those are big ifs because we haven't done both of those things in the two games that we've played so far <laughs> but if there's ever a time to do it hey the game's at home we know kellen's a different player at home and so
2: 11 a.m i think that helps us too
1: absolutely oh yeah hey, i gotta take care off of all. y'all. all right. all
0: right yeah hey uh all thanks for joining us thanks again for hopping on Appreciate man y'all. have yep. a good one later see you